0: Hello, Michelle. <laughs> we talked about this last time. I you know, know. Trying not to do, hey, 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 how you doing, <laughs> Emily? But that just seems so natural to me. It,
1: well, I think you should
0: stick with you it. Just stick
1: with it. Yeah, okay. do
0: what's natural. I know. Yeah. I, know, I keep trying to say, you know, class it up a little bit on my end. Mm, I
1: think. <laughs> She's it, saying stop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the true Michelle.
0: You like it when I, you like yeah. it when I
1: don't hold back. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's what I thought. So, that's what I thought. Well, well, here we are. Yeah. Another fabulous day brought us here to right, the studio. That's right.
1: Right. We're kind of recording outside our normal schedule today because we wanted to take advantage of the fact that this amazing woman is back in <laughs> I town. Know, I know. We have on our, on our show today Lola Van Ella. Yes, and for those of you who don't know... I was going to read her. You're going to read? I was going to read it,
0: That's why I'm trying to get fine. I have the glasses on. This is it, right? Um, Lola Van Ella is an international burlesque singer, dancer, producer, instructor, and MC. One of the premier names in burlesque, she performs frequently and produces many shows, including the International Show Me Burlesque Festival, the largest of its kind in the Midwest, the Shimmy Showdown... And spe- oh, the Shimmy Showdown and Spectacular. That's in French. <laughs> <Ella> <laughs> is the CEO of Vanella A- Production and Studio, which is the home of burlesque, vaudeville, and variety education and entertainment in St. Louis. And it goes on and on. She has uh, been featured and written about locally in St. Louis Magazine, Vital Voice, AOL City's Best, the Riverfront Times, the Post-Dispatch, and KDHX. She's received the first and second runner-up titles, respectively, in the Queen of Burlesque competition, Three years in a row. Where
1: does that take place? In New Orleans, where I now live. (laughs) Right. Um,
0: she uh I've seen her perform, and this is not written in here, but um she's amazing. She was in town. You can definitely read the rest of this incredible bio (laughs) on her website. But Lola was in town and we asked her to be on the show and she was like,
1: Yeah, let's do it, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah That's how I remember it going.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you know. Uh, upon the conception of this podcast, when we were putting down kind of a list of dream people to bring into the studio, Lola, you were on Aww. that list. You didn't even so know nice. us yet. I didn't know. And now mm-hmm. you're like, of course, yeah, it makes total sense. No, thanks, total. Well, sense. Well, <laughs> I have I've seen many of your productions and your shows, and you just you have kind of a a special. Ah, light about you, oh, you know, you, you, you make burlesque, it, burlesque is fun, but it just, you make it so, you make it feel so women's empowerment and, ah, you make everybody feel comfortable good. and create a good time for <laughs> I'm everybody. glad to hear it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we really, you know, welcome to the show and Thank thanks you. for making time to be with this us
2: today. great. I'm excited to be here.
0: And, uh, well, we always start off with, uh, a little another bottle, talking yes, about it, yes, and uh,
1: yeah, and again, we you know we we do pick our bottles mm-hmm. with our guests in mind, absolutely. And, and so today, when I reached out to our friends, the wine merchant, I um I said we've got Lola. Vanilla coming in, guys.
0: <laughs> what should we drink? I mean, well, we they need offered s- to bring it here themselves, yeah. but no. we said, we said, you know, guys, the studio is small enough already. We don't. We're gonna have to have you stay at the at the wine merchant and keep working. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and, yeah, we knew that she liked red wines. Yes, and I was like, oh, we need something sassy. Yes. So this is their interpretation of what a sassy wine tastes like. Let's see what you think. I, I think this is delicious. It's a Spanish wine. Mm-hmm. It's called Vía del Cua. It's from the Bierzo region. The grape is Mencia. They picked it out because they're like, "Oh, it's leathery and spicy." And those are words I like. Absolutely, yeah. and I agree. I do. I definitely taste um, leathery, spicy notes. a little violet, some black cherry, some red plum. It's very it's good. I'm into, yeah. it. You're yeah. into it. Yeah, I'm into it.
3: Good.
2: I'll definitely drink
1: more of this. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful.
0: Well, and the price point is great. Um, What's
1: the price of this one?
0: Before taxes, it's like fourteen ninety nine. Oh,
1: perfect! Yeah, That's great.
0: Totally get, easy okay. to get to. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm surprised by that. I mean, I'm surprised by that price. Given I hope it, I don't think
0: it was on sale. Yeah, I think that was. Well, it's a know, good value wine. I think so. Mm-hmm. We like our value whites.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very good. Mm, Well, cheers, ladies. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers.
2: Yeah. Reach, reach.
1: (laughs) So, Lola, you brought your friend with us today. Yeah, my little man, Chappie, is in my
2: lappy. (laughs) Uh, Dresses Santa And he's a performer too Yeah, well, you know, I'm like a crazy stage mother Who pushes him onto the stage (laughs) But he lives the life of a spoiled prince So I think it's the least he can do To pull his weight around here It's time for him to start earning some of the rent And he is a Shih Tzu? He is, I think, mostly I mean, He was was rescued off the street um, And I have never really gotten the full Lowdown on his Mm -hmm. age Or exact type but um, we're going to guess that he is now around mm, between 8 and 9.
1: Okay. And
2: he is probably mostly a Shih Tzu. Okay. He's
1: very adorable. He looks like an Ewok.
2: Yes. We get that all the time. Mm-hmm. He's an Ewok mixed with like... Uh, a luck dragon from the Neverending Story. Oh yes, my yes, goodness! <laughs> right. Yeah, he's basically a living muppet.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. A in Everybody's so dream. Calm.
2: Yes, and kind of like a dog version of a very like an old British man. That's kind of how I imagine him. He's my old. Oh. We call him the old man, Baby Man. yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> and he found you. You said. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I was dressed driving to the bank one day, and he was literally licking a fast food wrapper like a like a true street urchin from you know from the olden days of a Dickensian novel except for the fact that it was like a McDonald's wrapper but um yeah he was just licking this it was the saddest most street urchin thing I'd ever I'd ever seen and and so um I basically kind of chased him down and we found him sitting on the porch of this house where they were not feeding him or touching him or giving him any sort of life at all. And the neighbor saw me looking for him, and then they t- they encouraged me to take him. So he had run back to where the he house, had been living. Yes, but they weren't letting him in, and they weren't feeding him. Oh, my gosh. So I have no—I feel no remorse for taking him. taking this dog. It was yeah. really—he was in a really bad place. And I was not looking for a dog, but it was instant love and um, and this, there was discussion on whether to name him Chaplin after Charlie okay. Chaplin, or he was going to be named Buster after Buster Keaton. Oh, either but way. once we realized how um, Chappy just fit him so well, mm-hmm. so he's mm-hmm. he's definitely not graceful uh, <sighs> like Charlie Chaplin, or really is distinguished. But he's definitely a Chappy. Okay. he's Chappy.
1: It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. My my dog had a very similar story I, when I adopted him from another, a home. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom found him actually at a garage sale. Mm-hmm. And he was, he's a tiny guy. He, he was six pounds when I got him. Oh my goodness. And he, my mom was like going to this garage sale and saw this cute little dog chained to a tree. And he Aww. literally had like, it wasn't like he was chained to a tree, like with you know a beautiful little collar and like hooked up. It was no, he had a chain around his neck, chained to the tree. Oh, six that's so pound horrible. Yorkie. six yeah. pounds. So my mom called, oh, you know, she awful. was like, she's a an animal whisperer, and picked him up, and you know they loved each other instantly. And the woman who was running the garage sale was like, well, everything's for sale, including the dog. So my mom knew I wanted to Yorkie and oh was dog gosh. shopping at the time and she called me, she's like, Emily, I found your dog. And same thing, instant love affair, like we're inseparable and That's uh, really sweet. And, you know, he's he's had some issues to overcome, mm-hmm. I'm sure, as Chappie oh, yeah. has. But, um, you know, I'm just—we've saved each other, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I say the same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. people are like, oh, you rescued him. I'm like,
2: well, it was mutual. You rescued me, I rescued him. Yeah. Yeah. And how many years yeah. have you had him now? Um, Going on eight. Wow. Maybe will be eight this coming June. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very similar time. And time. when did he start yeah. performing with you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I started taking him on the road all the time. And then I just, I make a lot of appearances at these, you know, different venues around yeah. the country. I wish I could take him internationally. It's the hardest part is when I, I when I leave for Europe, it's usually for about a month at a time. Oh, yeah. So then I have to leave him with my, with grandma and grandpa, you know, with mom and dad. And yeah. They love him, so it's okay. But, uh, but yeah, um, early on, it was sort of... I don't even remember exactly the first time. I should remember. But I think it was probably the House of Blues in New Orleans. I was performing there, and he came on stage with me at the end of the show. And, of course, the audience. And it was unplanned? I think it was a slightly unplanned. I okay. think he— Sort of saw me on stage, and I encouraged him to run to me, and he ran to me oh. and jumped in my arms, and I was like, "Well, oh. this is this is great." Plus, you know, it's it's always great. It was any moment? And, yeah, you know, you know, you're going to get <laughs> the, the audience on your side yeah. when they when they see a mm-hmm. cute fluffy dog, and so it's yeah. always he's always the ringer, you yeah. know. So, I have this sort of Christmas holiday show, and we just did it in um, Madison and Columbia at the Majestic and the Blue Note, and. At the end of the show, I sang Santa Baby to oh, him dressed as perfect. Santa Claus.
3: <laughs> oh, so, my gosh.
2: It was great because, of course, I said, I need I need Santa Claus to come out here. And he he came out. And, of course, the audience immediately is, oh, plus they're drunk. And they were all trying to yeah. pet him. And they were so excited. <laughs> and I was like, I knew he would be the real star. Everybody, like, forgets about me once they see Chappie on the stage. So, so it's
1: great. <laughs> I, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I am eager to learn about how you— what inspired you to get into burlesque? Uh, well, I mean, it was
2: probably a lifelong—you know, there's like—you think about things from your past, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that explains it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I was always fascinated with spectacle and, and stage stuff. I mean, ever since I was a child, I was— Performing from a really, really early age. And I used to make up plays and do musical reviews in my living room, and I would charge my parents money.
0: <laughs> so that's the difference. I never charged my family. I, I made them. them sit there, but I'm, I didn't charge. I made them oh, pay me.
2: <laughs> so I forgot I, I did that. It. And then I was so like, you've
1: seen your value very yeah, young. That's yeah.
2: great. I think at first it was probably free, and then I realized that there could be money in this mm-hmm. business. Yeah. So I started making them pay a quarter, and I would invite like You know, my like aunts and uncles or whatever, but they all had to pay like a quarter to see my (laughs) terrible shows and I would even I would write them and and made little musicals and stuff. But I always loved performing and my grandma is a huge movie buff um she has a massive film collection. She owns over 2500 titles. Wow. And she um just is an expert. So we used to watch old MGM musicals mm-hmm. and Busby mm-hmm. Berkeley and mm-hmm. and I saw Gypsy with her for the first time and I and all kinds of stuff. Lady sings the blues with Billy Holiday oh, like God, I, that's
1: so great. I just yeah. like
2: learned early on I wanted to be like those women. And so I always was kind of enamored with with glamorous Women, but also glamorous, funny women that were in charge. So, like, I love Lucille Ball and Dolly Parton from a really early age. Um, But I, I was really fascinated with that, and I think it just sort of propelled me into wanting to sort of not only be on stage, but I was also really enamored with like fancy, sparkly Mm -hmm. uh, showgirls. Mm -hmm. I just loved fancy costumes and even from like a really young age and I probably was a little too young I remember wanting to wear fishnets and corsets when I was like 8 yeah, you yeah. know, not knowing anything about it. Well, I was curious, like, how did your parents react to
0: that? I mean, I mean, it's one thing to have you know when your your daughter wants to go off and be a tomboy, and they're like they try to stop that. But if your daughter wants to walk around and you know be in her tutu and
2: fishnets all day long, you know, how do they? Yeah, how do they h- handle it? We never really had the money to for me to take like actual formal training, so okay. I was always very much like doing it on my own. And my mom was a dancer, okay. and, and my whole family's very musical, so. They always encouraged my shenanigans. They never really thought it would take me where I am now. Um, but I was really fascinated with just with showgirls with like mm-hmm. and just like sparkly nudity. Always yeah. all I was never ashamed of being naked. I'm really grateful mm-hmm. to my mom for that too. She was a she was a fitness competitor and bikini model. Oh my oh. god. So I grew up with this like bodybuilding hot mom who we lived yeah. in Florida and she was like strutting around in her bikini all the time. I never thought about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my mom never encouraged my burlesque career. But once I got into it, at first I think they were all really freaked out. Um but um over the years as I become more and more brazen and more outspoken about sex workers and mm-hmm. and strippers and just women being like in charge of their bodies and, you know, having agency over themselves regardless of what they want to do, no matter what. Uh, they have really, really learned to accept it. And not just accept it, but my mom is like my biggest fan. And my dad actually saw my very first burlesque show last New Year's Eve. First for the time first time. In 13 years. Yeah, And he's got tickets for the front row for this one. And he saw, oh. sat in the front row for the Show Me Burlesque Festival. How did you feel that day? You I knew was, he was terrified. There. Okay. I've never yeah. been more nervous in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I was so nervous, um, especially because I I closed the show with this like very sultry striptease number and my dad's in the, it's very awkward, you know? Yes. So I was like, you guys, my dad is here. Uh, I was terrified, but he loved it. He loved the whole show. He was just—he was sold. So supportive. So, afterwards. and at the end, he really took me aside and just said, "I am so proud of you." It was like the mm-hmm. most, you know, like yeah. Thank you, Dad. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was great. I think he's finally also just realized like this is not a phase, and
0: I'm a grown ass woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. so it's just going to be weird if he starts to get all of his buddies to get together. Well, Let's that's,
2: go. that's the funny part is his best friend was there that night, his oh best God. buddy, and he was laughing and giving him. Trouble, which was yeah. making me more embarrassed. He yeah. was like, "I was watching your dad when you were doing this." Th-. I was like, "Oh my so, god, shut up!" As a performer, <laughs> and I've I've seen you do uh, some
0: things. I mean, I've I've seen you a couple times. Um, you know, one you used to do the burlesque on Sundays down at Lola's. Oh my god, that was so long <laughs> yeah, ago, a long yeah. time ago. Um, that was when my minivan was in oh. a gunfight. <laughs> <But>, oh, <laughs> what so long ago? <laughs> but um,
1: and then, I think we need to hear that we'll story. Tell, we'll, we'll tell this, yeah. I'll tell the story in
0: a minute. But. um so I saw you seen you do that. I saw you at the Dutchtown Carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, saw some of your things on, on YouTube and stuff. But knowing your father was in the audience, did you let everybody else know that he was there? Oh, or did yeah, he, okay, You know you, I did. You capitalized mm-hmm. on that. Oh, yeah. And I made jokes made, on the mic it. Because that made it easier for you, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I made jokes
2: on the mic because he was cracking out there because there was some really great comedy in the show. And he was... I mean, there were moments where he was so red in the face from laughing, which made me so happy because my dad has a very infectious, like loud, bellowing laugh. And so, you know, everyone heard him and I definitely made, you know, teased him a bit and I can't help but heckle my dad if he's yeah. in the front row. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right, I yeah. mean, this is kind of what you have to do. Everyone knew. Plus, I was, like, freaking out. I was like, you guys, I can't. I was telling everybody over and over again. Like, my dad is here. Oh, everybody
0: my God, I mean, what is happening? Kind of
2: bending over and shaking my butt. Yeah. My oh, yeah. <laughs> good behavior. Yeah, I was so nervous. But he loved it. He really Fabulous. did love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Fabulous. Mm-hmm. So, how old, I'm not sorry, not how old, but, like, when you decided to get in burlesque, I mean, did you have somebody to study under? Did you? No. You created everything that's here in St. Louis, didn't you? Well,
2: I I can't take all the credit at all because I was a part of a collective called okay. the Alley Cat Review. And so it was me and a number of really amazing women who all started under the direction of the manager of this club that no longer exists in Washington. That was called Rue 13, but it was like around for a long time. And they had a burlesque they wanted to start this burlesque thing because the manager had seen like 40 deuce in Las Vegas. And so she put out like audition notices in the paper. And this is before Facebook, really. Yeah. I mean, this was like 2000. I mean, there was Facebook. But, you know, it was like back when it was just like college kids on it. Yeah, and I w- so when I wasn't I on was it. definitely not on it. <laughs> I, it was like, I had a MySpace page, you know. I did, and, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I still do. MySpace rem- was great. Uh, I, don't, I we, don't remember my password. That. So it's kind, <laughs> <You laughs> kind of basic. You can put your little HTML codes in there make your page look all cute. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but um, she put yeah. the audition notice in the paper she put a notice in the paper and I long story short I met a woman who was in a cabaret with me and a different cabaret it was like a, a great American songbook kind of thing and we were both singing in the show and she said oh hey I'm in this burlesque show downtown It had just started like a month pre- pre- previous to that and she said you should come down and they need more performers and I walked in the very next Saturday saw the show and said, I'm doing this. It was like the most like, lightbulb moment of my life. You walked in and life. felt at home. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Yeah. And I immediately walked up the stairs and told the manager I wanted a job. And she said, can you start next weekend? <laughs> and so I had one week to put together my act. And so... What so, was
1: your first act like?
2: I sang Whatever Lola Wants, which of course, like, oh, yeah. duh. And um, I sang I Want to Be Loved by You, the like mm. Marilyn Monroe, nice. Betty Boop. And... Uh, you had your stage you... name a Lola no, at that point no, no okay, no, I was just sort of Lola. No one had last names then. It okay. was just sort of this <laughs> this sort of I mean it was really raw, it was really rough. there was no. Tech, like there was no announcer. Yeah. There was. It was just like this trial by fire burlesque. much sort like of our like, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Right? laughs> just, just like get out there and make it work. Hopefully, no one dies. You know. And uh, we well, were. We on don't this... take our clothes
0: off on the podcast. But so you I mean could. sometimes it feels you know, like not yet, at least. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, yeah, we're working the night is young and the yeah. wine is
2: just only not even halfway done. So. Yeah. Don't and it, dis- get-
0: it gets hot in well, Exactly. Don't count
2: yourselves out yet. I'm sure, you know, we could make something happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we just sort of like jumped on stage and did it. And then we just grew from there. But I, um, and I loved it, but I wanted more. And that yeah. is to not discount anybody there because I loved all those women very much. But I really wanted something bigger. And so I started producing my own events. And that's when Vanilla Productions sort of, Came to be, and I started to produce my own show, and I started to create this showcase for other because there were no other performers. Yeah. We were the only performers, so I started teaching classes, right? And then that's how it more performers started to come out, and grew and, grew. and there's of course like a whole history from there, history as it were from there, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah, I started teaching and, and creating the St. Louis Burlesque Showcase, and we started doing this, like, event off-Broadway with right. part of Stag Night, which right. was, like, this rock and roll dive bar magic that happened, and then from there, it just exploded, and then I started the Show Me Burlesque Festival in 2010. Well, do you do
0: you uh, believe, like I do, that when something's supposed to happen, everything falls into place for you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you you went to the bar on Wash Ave- Washington Avenue, and you just knew where you're supposed to be, I, yeah. and then St. Louis has benefited tremendously well, and all of the women and all the you. the people have gone to the show so it's benefited because you stayed true to who you are
2: thank you yeah yeah i really believe in just like finding out who you are and then you know doing it unapologetically i think there's a dolly parton quote about that and i think she's like my patron saint so um <laughs> but you know you just have to and i really also believe in like figuring out what you're good at and then just doing it doing like it. find out what your strengths are and then exploit them as much as you can until they don't work anymore and I have, you know, steadily but surely throughout my life, kind of just uh, tried to capitalize on the things I'm good at, right. you know. And right. there's no such thing as failures, really. You just or failures are just chances to learn, you right. know. So it's right. like you fail, but really a failure is just another amazing opportunity for growth, right? Absolutely. So totally, totally yeah, agree it's with you. it's pretty amazing. Kind of, I never expected. What now is? I didn't. Ex- I didn't. You just figured you would be the accountant by day and the burlesque dancer by <laughs> never night. Never an accountant. <laughs> oh God, no, no. Maybe God. that would have helped you a little May- bit. Though. No, I, you, I. Now, if I could do it all over, I would have taken more business, business classes, course probably. <laughs> but I, I really had to learn all of it sort of as it was happening on and, the job training. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I never was. De- I could have never worked in an office. It was never. I knew I had to just. Do this. Yeah, I don't know anything else. I mean, I've been right. kind of a full-time hustling showgirl for my whole adult life in was, one form or another. With yeah, this, this
1: being a, a glamorous... um Work kind of kind of work. Um, the podcast work? or the burlesque? the burlesque? Well, I mean, <laughs> this is I, pretty it's glamorous. Cool. Is one in the no, thing. Right? I mean, there's cheese and wine and the dog. <laughs>
2: nice look looking man. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the control boards is sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we try. We tried to glam it up here. It's really glam speaking. Yeah. Of yeah, course, glamorous Yay. blues
2: hat on. <laughs>
1: really sweet button down. It's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It's we're yeah, Torgay. We're going to we're going to dress him up in one of our sweatshirts pretty soon. Nice. It'll be, ooh, yeah. yes. More glamorous yes. Than... Does it say literally speaking it? Does. Yeah, yes. he should definitely wear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs to be wearing that
0: pretty much yeah, at least every recording day. Good. Well,
1: well, with the glamour aspect, I wanted to ask, do you work with a costume designer or do you design oh, yes. your Yeah. Yes, I actually try to design.
2: I really love the design aspect, but I loathe the not I shouldn't say loathe. I'm just I know where my strengths are and right. it is not in sewing. I have sewn in my life. I used Mm. to sew a lot of my own clothes when I was younger for fun. They were not beautiful garments, Mm -hmm. but I thought they were very, I was trying to be like very chic and, um, you know, I was very much living this very kind of hippie free spirited life. So I used to make my own clothes, but they were not um, bespoke by any means or couture. (laughs) Um, So I, I work with a number of amazing and talented designers who we work on a vision, and then they make it happen. Oh, wow. And then I have friends that rhinestone it for me. Oh, oh. my gosh. You have a that rhinestone takes, friend. Oh, you know, I have wow. multiple rhinestoneers who then I give, and then they put on thousands and thousands of Swarovski and, you know, wow. also knockoff <laughs> rhinestones wow. that were maybe on sale on Ebay or something? Oh my gosh, yeah, that's
0: fabulous, fascinating. Well, let's take a quick break, um, drink a little bit more of our wine, because I I just feel like yeah. our conversation is so stunted today. You
3: know, <laughs> we have nothing to talk about Never. here. I,
0: we're like, we're having to pull words out of everybody's <laughs> mouth. So let's get some um, more wine and uh, talk. Take a little break, and we'll come back and talk some more. All
3: right. Great. All right. Okay. Okay.
0: a little bit more. Emily has mm-hmm. been very, very good and diligent to make sure that we are I all know. measured out equally to the <laughs> ounce. Yes, perfect. Um, I, uh, which is nice. over yeah. here. I, do, yeah. I, do, I, don't, I just don't want any to feel cheated. You well, know? which is good because sometimes she just pours herself more. <laughs> <laughs> and says, well, you guys have a little bit. You're no. on your own. you Self <laughs> <on your laughs> <own. laughs> love. Hashtag self love. That's right. Me first. <laughs> Always take care of yourself first. Um, so, uh, Lola, you're... you're background story is absolutely fascinating and, Thanks. you know, everything that you've done in St. Louis. And I was thinking today or, you know, reflecting upon your coming to our show and I uh, was wondering and it really kind of hit me about how when you're up there, you're performing or any burlesque per- burlesque performer is up there and you have all these folks in the audience in on YouTube or whatever you are in control. Mm-hmm. It's like all about women's empowerment. It's celebration mm-hmm. of the body. Um, you know, nobody has to be perfect. Right. There are, st- you know, burlesque dancers that are large, small, big boobs, little boobs. And I love that.
1: Yeah. And I love how the audiences are always, they, they celebrate each woman. Yes. With quality. You know? Yes. 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 hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet, I
0: know that how—like, that first time that person goes out there to do that, how scary that is. Right. How scary—but each time she performs—I don't know. I'm assuming, because I, I, I've not done it. but And each time she steps out in that way and performs again, she gains a little bit more power,
3: mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit more
0: control. Yet, at the same time, I found— it seems so incredibly vulnerable too, mm-hmm. because you are naked in front of these people. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's it's like a complete dichotomy or juxtaposition. And and I wanted to like maybe explore that a little bit more with you and yeah. and how you how you blend it, how you manage it, how you use your voice in this way. Yeah,
2: yeah. I um. That's a great. That's a really great topic and a great question because that's exactly right is very vulnerable and yeah. i think that's part of the beauty of burlesque and of of essentially like naked performance art in that way is that you are in control and that's like kind of the big difference right so it's this um it's this time when i'm on stage where i have i have agency over my body completely yeah. and i am 100% in charge and i am making the choice i am choosing what the audience gets to see or not, so yeah. no one is telling me what to do no no director or club owner or whatever is saying you have to be mm-hmm. this naked in order to be valid or valued or to have your art be looked at and so there is something so there that's where the empowerment is for me is that I am choosing I am making a choice to to reveal what I want to reveal, and burlesque is all about the conceal and the reveal mm-hmm. regardless of. The literal or figurative. Which is, if you think about life and relationships,
0: it's about conceal and reveal yes, and conceal and reveal exactly. and you don't know when, you know, and sometimes you reveal and
2: is too much and, and then mm-hmm. other times you don't and, this, right. and you should have. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's vulnerable, right? Yeah. So there's vulnerability in that. And I truly believe that vulnerability is our greatest strength as human beings. It is the greatest strength that we have is the, the strength and the gift of vulnerability. It is a gift to give it. hmm and to have it and to realize that it is a strength and, and not a weakness as sometimes society would have us believe right that right. that if we if we show our soft underbelly yeah. that that we could be hurt but and that but that's where the strength comes from is in is that when we when we are able to be vulnerable we are exposing something soft and and you know maybe uh not as protected right there's we're letting our wall down we're letting our guard down and when we are able to do that we are showing that we can be strong in our vulnerability. And there's something so truly beautiful about that to me. And I find it utterly like inspiring. It's why I can continue to watch burlesque and be moved and and be blown away by um, by seeing other performers of any gender, of any age, any, it doesn't, you know, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. Being able to give that gift and you can really see it when it happens to you when you're watching somebody well,
0: I just had this thought, and it seemed like the reveal is the, is where your control is, right? So, if you're choosing to reveal whatever part of it is about you, that's mm-hmm. where your control is. Versus when somebody finds something out out about you, right? Right? Because there's no there's no shame and. In- and you're revealing and right. and owning it that way. Right. It's
2: an act of shamelessness. Like there's no shame in it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I also I like too how when you're showing that soft underbelly, you mm-hmm. know, or you're showing that you know, you're you're being vulnerable. You're showing the thing that might be imperfect, and you're letting anybody, everybody in. I mean that that is what allows people to connect. Yes, you know, people can relate to you, and when you f- start finding common ground, yeah, you know, it's by being open that that absolutely that real connection happens. And that's the that is the meaning of life, right there, is connecting with other people,
2: right? Mm-hmm. So, if if you know people say oh god what am i doing why am i here and i always for me i always say that i'm here to connect with other people and if i can connect to people by being on stage and making them laugh or turning them on or mm-hmm. making them think or making them question something then i feel like i'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm connecting with other human beings. And every time we have those moments of connection, whether we're, you know, we're here talking to each other or I'm on stage giving a performance, it's, it's a moment in which I'm connecting to another human being. And it's, I, it is such a lovely thing to me.
0: I I would like to have a little insight here um, from you when people and I'm just say women because this is you know definitely sure. you know women focused. When women that you meet and you you know they don't necessarily know that you burlesque performer mm-hmm. and production you know, all those things, and you say oh I, I dance burlesque and they immediately are a little nervous or sure. a little like oh and they like project a little bit of Absolutely. disdain or you know look down on you. I, my question is like what do you what do you go through in your brain internally? to deal with it because, you know, Emily and I have, we've been doing our literally Speaking the podcast mm-hmm. for a few months and we have run into a few women out there that get absolutely way nervous and trip sure. over mm-hmm. themselves over the name. Right. And I was just curious, like, how you handle it, what kind, you know, maybe there's things that you do that we can also then mm-hmm. internalize in, <laughs> and, and, okay, you know, this is what Lola does. What would Lola do? W L D, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> how fabulous. Um... Yeah, I that's that's great. I um I've actually been thinking about that myself because I think uh, the longer I've been in this business and and the more I've really broken down my own barriers and really processed and and sort of unpacked you know my everything in my life that got me to this point right like my the baggage that got exactly, you there as the well baggage, as the, the traumas, desires the yeah. yeah the joys the pleasures the pains like all of those things mm-hmm. right um I have gotten to a point to where I absolutely have removed the shame. So I remember when I was younger, there was a bit of that sort of guilt. Like even though I was proud of what I did, I would still sort of try to, you know, pat it with a little bit of mm, sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. oh, it's, it's I do burlesque, but like you know, it's like this rather than now. I if people ask me, I love to actually I push it a little further on purpose because I I think it's almost part of my job now. I think it's my duty to destigmatize. Uh, the female this. body, just period. Yeah, I mean, yes. you're to an Sex, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as much as I can, and to say, yeah, I dance. I'm a, I'm a, and sometimes I just say, I'm a fancy stripper, you know, because I, I want people to know that there's nothing wrong with that, and that I have chosen this, that no one. Has made me feel like I have to do something, or what you know, I, that I'm somehow unworthy, or that I've made a choice because of something that um, I don't know, some sort of sad reason. Right? You're searching for acceptance and love, through, right? Yeah, because that is there is so much stigma mm-hmm. on on women. Period yeah. about you know if a woman dresses a certain way or acts a certain right. way then there's clearly something broken or damaged about right. her and so for me I feel like I need to use my voice to remind people that um, that's absolutely not true and that and so when people ask me oh what do you do and I say oh I'm a burlesque dancer and I sense even the slightest bit of trepidation or projection of their own insecurity or their you know their ego their issues I immediately. Use my own like humor or whatever right. to just sort of be like, oh yeah, it's amazing. Like this is my life, and this mm-hmm. is what I do, and I have all these friends, and and I just kind of I plow right through it. There is no, I make sure that I do everything and I as possible to have no hesitation. Yeah, you own it. I own it one hundred percent. And I think ownership is the key. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You, it's uh, it, it's the key to confidence. It's the key to getting what you want out of life. Is that you have to own everything, the good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly, you have to own it. If it's not so pretty, and you own it. Yeah. And if you're just like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I want. This is my dream. This is my life. These are my choices. It kind of forces people to make— then they have to make a choice, either accept it or move along. Right, right.
1: Do you find that um, because you're, you're nude for work, mm-hmm. do people feel more entitled to touch you or— you know it, yeah it's interesting uh, luckily not often um,
2: especially in this you know in this me Too movement <laughs> mm-hmm. you know which is very important um, there's a lot of discussions around consent which is wonderful yeah. so now um, you know every now and then I actually more frequently get kind of drunk Women who think on you? That, yeah, <laughs> who think that they are entitled to touch me because they well, I have what you have, so I can grab oh, at you, right, oh, wow, um, and I that's actually shocking, yeah, and it's it happens more than you would think wow. but but, and this is not to drag women right, because right. that's the last thing we need, but um, and that's not you know, not to shame them either, right? right, but like it does happen, um, and often when i I gently but firmly kind of put them in their place, there is this like light bulb. And actually, this happened to me recently in New Orleans. I had a a woman was with her very drunk fiance or this guy, some guy she was with. And he was being just like the typical, just like, Entitled, gross dude. He was just yeah. being like, "Hey, let me can let me put arm around you, and can, uh, and oh, uh-huh. can we take a picture together? You want to come home with me, my wife? Like uh, all of this stuff. Like, yeah, buddy, like that's exactly what I want right now. Yeah, I perform been, for l- you, I, and suddenly now I want a threesome. Yeah, I've been um, living my life waiting <laughs> yeah. for you to walk <laughs> waiting, in. You, waiting. You, how for did your you know sweaty? that? I dreamt about you when I yes. was like,
0: you know, ten. Exactly. And I was just been just wa- on this, this journey, charming on this
2: journey, trying to find you, right, drunk man, in exactly. And he was thinking he was. Was, just like he had hit the jackpot because he was at this burlesque show with these like lovely burlesque dancers. And she said, um, he said, uh, oh, take a take a picture with my wife. You know, she really wants to take a picture with you. And so of course I obliged. And he said, Now come on, babe, put your hand on her butt. Oh my God. And he, he encouraged like, her yeah, oh, yeah, to touch you. Yeah, he's like, grab her, grab her a little bit. It'll be hot. And I looked at him and I said, No, no. And she said, I, oh, should I not do that? And I and I looked at her and I said, "Listen," I said. In this moment, she's like, "He's just drunk. He's just being silly." And I looked at her and I said, "You know, every day women worry." Oh, because she said the, the the problem was that she said, "Oh, if we, but can we just do it just this one time? Like, can oh, we put our my. hand?" Because I said, "Well, if I let you do it, everyone's going to want to do it." Yeah. And she said, "Oh, but just just like this one time." And I looked at her and I said. If I let not only if I let you do it, well, everybody want to do it, but it sets an example and a precedent that says it's okay to touch people without asking. And I said, "And haven't you had enough of random men walking up to you and thinking they can grab you without asking your permission?" And the look mm-hmm. on her face and the realization that came over her. And I said, "How often have you had your boundaries crossed when you didn't want them to?" Right. And she was just like, "Oh my God, you're so right." Yeah. And I think in that moment, she realized that not only was I a real person, but that I had like agency. Agency, even yeah. when you're off the stage yeah. and you're, Even when you I'm know. standing there and like AC's in a G-string. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. And I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's, it's okay. I said, but you don't deserve it. So I definitely don't deserve yeah. it. And she was yeah. like, you're right. And then she was like, and then she's like, she like, stop asking her, like leave her alone, you know? Yeah. And it was just sort of this moment, but it does, it happens. But That being said, that's one small example. Luckily, it doesn't happen very often at all. And and kind of beautifully, on the flip side of it, more and more when people come up to me to take a photo, they say, is it okay if I put my arm around you?
1: That's one is wonderful. And
2: I always say yes. I totally don't mind. Yeah. But I appreciate even more that they asked. Ask,
1: right. They said,
2: Can I put my arm around you? Absolutely. Can I give you a hug? Sure. You know? But the fact that they're asking is so wonderful than, than just assuming that they can put their hands. And I have to say, most of the time people are so careful and the men and the women both are like, oh, can I, is it okay? Can I put my arm? Here? Yes, yes, yes. You're fine. You're fine. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm going to just speculate here because it came to
0: me and I'd have absolutely no, you know, facts to back this up. It's complete total speculation. People, when they go to a burlesque show, are are usually knowing they're going to see some kind of art. Mm -hmm. It's a theater. Mm -hmm. So they might be treating you, the performer, with more respect than if they thought they were just going to go see somebody strip.
2: Well and that's And that's where, you know, it's all the human body. It's all somebody that you need to be respecting. Exactly. And that's been what's really interesting and kind of wonderful for me as sort of a I don't know, I try to be like a little bit of a spokesperson for this kind of subject, but um i uh, on stage as if i'm the mc we i always give a little fun but firm lesson on consent um mm-hmm. you know kind of just not by trying to like beat it over their head but just say you know uh, you know, don't touch, basically, and yeah. ask permission. And mm-hmm. the line between being a pervert and a creeper is consent. You know, yeah. and feel free to be a perv but don't be a creep. And you know, uh, <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with feeling turned on or thinking lustful thoughts or having a desire. There's nothing wrong with that. Part of humanity. It's right? part of what makes us yeah. magical yeah. human beings. You know, um, having desires and feeling excited that that's wonderful. But don't be a creep about it. You know, don't. Think you don't have to act on your. Don't yeah, and don't just because you got it. Exactly. Don't feel entitled to my time or my body, right? And so there's nothing wrong with feeling that way, but it's exactly the same rules that should apply in a strip club. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is those women are also providing a service. And so if they are providing a service in which you are allowed to, there's a lap dance or something and, and the contact is allowed, you still need to be asking permission. Mm-hmm. You are still, should be uh, treating those women with just as much respect. It's just a different environment. And on bur- in burlesque... Yeah. It, there is a bit more of a wall, We're and maybe a, a, different, and,
0: a, a different a um, different clientele that are going to be at the burlesque right. versus. There's a different expectation. Everything that you could get at a strip club, right? You know, right? Um, it's just
2: a different. Is a different clientele. It's a different yeah. expectation. Yes, you're there for a different reason. Yes, um, but it's all fantasy and magic. You know, it's yeah. all theater and and magical and beauty and um, yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. it's all requires and should yeah. have respect. Well, this podcast is all fantasy and
0: magic and beautiful as well, and I think we're going to take another quick break and then come back and talk some more about some great things that are happening with Lola, and um, we'll be right back, guys.
1: And we're back with full glasses once again. Yay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. You do uh, such a good yeah. job well, with that. You know, I, I like to bring the joy in these conversations <laughs> here. So um, when Lola was talking before our break, um, she mentioned G-string. And of course, <laughs> right away, I realized that we made one big mistake early on in this co- in this show. Right, I haven't, I haven't we given my not. impression
0: of the wine yes. and related it to underwear yet. Right, um, oh, yeah, it is, it, it is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I well, right, I yeah, know. I, we, we, I was actually kind of thinking, oh, maybe Emily will forget about it because you know, um, because Lola has fantastic. <laughs>
2: And, the oh. and panties and all these things. <laughs> well, like, so oh. It's just quite oh. the collection. <laughs> it just
0: brought me right back to to right. where we began. Right. So I guess let me let me have a few more sips. Let me think about it. Let's talk about it. I promise. I will let before you know before okay. we close out the show. I can't wait to hear about What it. my impression of the wine is as well, it relates to underwear. Maybe
1: with Lola you having um quite the collection of fabulous panties, maybe you should share your thoughts on what kind of panty is this? Well, not going to lie when
2: you said leathery.
1: I know. It made me think yeah. it's like,
2: it's got a it's got a bold you know a a, a bold sort of dominatrix kind mm. of vibe, maybe like a maybe a a strappy vinyl, like oh, a okay. black pair of strappy with multiple straps on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Shiny. Very shiny. Maybe yeah. a few studs in there. I was just going to say, there's got to be some studs, Some studs, right? yeah. Yeah. Some studs. It would, it would pair well with a nice uh, flogger, possibly, mm-hmm. and uh, some high-heeled final dudes i
0: like you know that's exactly what i was <laughs> going to say i just didn't know how to be that open and vulnerable with you guys about it um yeah i i definitely was i was even thinking corset yes, as well with yes. this well, oh absolutely you a know, corset that's, for sure but i you know we hadn't emily and I hadn't discussed like the the mm. rules can i talk about mm. it as a you know panties as a corset maybe with the garters that's part
2: of that is underwear you know corsets and
1: stockings those are all underwear you know i think i love corsets oh yes yeah me too i went one um year for halloween i went up to this uh corset maker in chicago Mm. who's known for like making corsets for professional doms yes and um so yeah i went i went all out and i actually had a of course it made by by him and uh, complete with D hooks on it and wow, everything for amazing. like the flogger yes. and all of that. Yeah, it's well, one of my favorite Yes, Exactly, <laughs> functionality. Yeah, it's
0: just it's just a little awkward when Emily wears it to Home Depot. <laughs> we <were I> <laughs> like, man, I'm just put my my hammer. I got my drill there. It's all good. Yeah. Yes. Step back. I'm gonna have the measuring tape. <laughs> yes, the things we learned in Girl Scouts <laughs> still are working for us today. <laughs> Fabulous, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, this is a very good wine. and yeah. um, I I, I think we have completed the outfit with, I think the, cor- we have. with the black corset and yes. it's a collaboration. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What much like this wine has been a collaboration, and That's our right. podcast, and this wonderful conversation. <laughs> so, but
1: anyway, yeah, I'm going to so, have another sip. Yeah, have a sip. So mm-hmm. during our break, you started um, sharing with us this amazing little community that you've moved in into New Orleans. I'd love to learn a little bit more about what took you to New Orleans. Ooh. That requires like a a therapist couch and
2: uh, and (laughs) another bottle of wine. It's deep. Yeah, it's very deep. Um, But no, I mean, the short answer or the shorter answer is that I was just, it was time for a change. Mm. I had been living above my storefront on Cherokee for almost eight years Mm. and it was wonderful. I mean, some of the most incredible times of my life were there, the the greatest heartbreak and the most beautiful love I have ever experienced happened in those walls. Mm. And I the, the greatest shows I've ever created, the, the most creative work I've ever done, all the best friendships. I mean, just everything. My life really developed and blossomed in that space, in that building. And leaving it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I never thought I would be in love with a building, yeah. a space. It felt like a breakup. Sure. And I went through every stage of grief with the decision. And everyone asked, like, why would you leave? Like, things were going great. And that's why I left is because I wanted to leave while it was still good.
1: You know, yeah. I didn't want to
2: leave when everything was like, because I had to leave or because I was being forced chased out, out of town. Or, yeah. Right. <laughs> with, right. For with the angry people on Exactly. exactly, exactly when they, they finally in, you know. had decided they'd had enough of my antics. Yeah. Um, it was just time. And I I had been talking about expanding my operations for so long. I I love New Orleans. It's been the the one city outside of St. Louis that I felt like is my home, mm-hmm. and I was—I had been performing in New Orleans for about a decade, and so I finally decided in the spring of this year, uh, my 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 most recent tour there, that I was walking alone in the park, and I said, oh, "This is it. I have this is it's over. Like it's time. It's time. This is mm-hmm. where I need to be." Yeah,
1: you you had said that the greatest. Uh, love and the greatest heartbreak was in in the space mm-hmm. on Cherokee the and the greatest creativity yeah. and I I I think that so uh, that's where great creativity comes from is when you were having these deep emotions oh yes and uh, so is there uh, is there deep emotions that you're developing now for the are you developing a new love in, oh, in God. New Orleans yes. are you <laughs> yes okay
2: yes I. Um I actually have had such intense transition feelings. It's—I knew it would be hard and traumatic, but—because moving is traumatic and it's regardless. It's terrible. Like, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it has been even more intense than I could have ever imagined, and— In what ways? Oh, God. I—I— I, I felt so uprooted like leaving my community behind and my best friends, the deepest family, right. chosen family and my my biological family, my blood relatives and beyond all are here. And so leaving them behind was so difficult, especially when when you are leaving, at least what I experienced is then everyone decides now is a time to tell you everything they've been meaning to tell you for the past <laughs> 10 years. So t- on top of all of the feelings I was already having, I'm also getting everybody mm-hmm. else messages. saying, Lola, oh. I've been meaning to tell you this for years and now here it comes. And and it's beautiful, but it's also like, oh my God, I can't take mm-hmm. anymore because everyone is just emoting. And it's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I'm not complaining. Yeah, they're all being vulnerable they're being you, right They're being so vulnerable. And they are, they are telling me what I've meant to them or what our friendship has meant or what i did whatever and it's so beautiful but it's also so emotional mm-hmm. and so to leave them behind and especially some of them they're saying please don't leave or yeah. we'll we'll wait for you to come back you know if things yeah. don't work out oh god it's awful it was awful mm-hmm. and then to go to new orleans where i really didn't have any i have friends but not my support system uh, i didn't really i know people but they're not they're not my deep personal friends mm-hmm. anymore and it was just, oh God, it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I had some friends that I thought I had when I came to New Orleans, but they they really didn't, didn't they weren't out. there for me. Yeah. And um, it was really hard. Yeah. And, but in the midst of all of that, I did, I found new friendships. I found my, who is now my roommate, and I found uh, kind of a new love that I was not expecting or looking for and... And so there's That's been marvelous. some beautiful, yeah, yeah, some really beautiful things have transpired, and now I feel like I'm primed and ready to take 2019 by the horns. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I get this sense that it, um, and again, I have absolutely no facts to back
0: any of this up, <laughs> but I have this sense from you that it wasn't a leaving people behind; that you've moved no. to New Orleans to expand, yes, to to share more to share yourself with more of yes. the world and that you right. haven't left St. Louis behind. I haven't. Oh god. It's I've like, been here
2: like every once a month. Right. And it's I almost moved. like it's like you've made room for
0: more people to even like take take fill in the spaces where you used to be here, right? That you was created what I wanted. opportunities yeah, for folks. Yeah, I
2: really wanted to give them the chance, you know, I love metaphor. So I liken it to like, you know, I, I planted my roots here and this beautiful tree grew here, this garden, you know, and, um, I have all these like baby birds that, you know, mm. were nesting and it was time to push them out, yeah, you know, and that is not to diminish at all how strong and amazing and capable all these people already were, but sometimes you need to take away the safety net
0: I have always felt that when you create something, especially if it's an organization or let's say an artist movement or uh, Mm
3: -hmm. we
0: won't include our podcast because this (laughs) is personality driven. But I found that when you've created something, you know it's successful. When it can stand without you being the one directing everything, every day, yeah, all of and these things. And that's the test, right? And you, you know, Burlesque is still living in St. Louis. Mm, thriving. You, sh- yeah. you should continue to pat yourself on the back oh, for that. Oh, that's really
2: nice. That's And that really is what I wanted to see, you know, and I told yeah. them, I want you all to now take a step into this sort of... This sort of forefront. I want you guys to now be the the face, mm-hmm. you know. And I, um, it's a challenge, obviously, and it's it's a lot of work. But already, I'm seeing it happen. Seeing the growth in oh god, it's just so beautiful to see. It's really obviously, it's a very complicated emotion. Yeah, yeah. but it is all from love, and yeah. so I am watching. I have a troupe, the Bon Bons, who I'm watching, like, take control of their entire career. I have, like, almost nothing to do with it now. And it is so exciting to see them thrive and get their own bookings and to be in demand. And to see um, the people I gave my studio to, Cindy Huhu and Greta Garter, they've taken the reins of that. And Cindy Huhu especially, she's, like, now completely in charge, along with one of my former students, uh, Dizzy Tunt, who is now... Taking control of, of management's places, it's just amazing, and I I'm so excited because yeah. I want them to be in charge.
0: And and I would think that the other part about it is that when you come back and you you know you're here in St. Louis quite quite a bit, um, but your friendships are intentional now. It's not just friendships by convenience. It's not just because you're down the street, I'm going to stop by and say hello. You know,
2: it's everything's Mm -hmm.
0: intentional. Yeah. And and that really, I think, raises the level of uh, like vulnerability and connection that you have. Oh my God, it's so
2: rich. You're right. It's my friendships have actually become deeper. Right. Because now when I'm here, I'm here. Yes. mm -hmm. And I'm spending like very specific time with the people I love because I know I have a very limited amount of time. So now when we're together, we are like, deep in it yeah. mm-hmm, you know yeah. I was out with my friends last night till like 3am because I just we kept wanting to hang out and talk and be ridiculous with each other you know yeah. right, so right. it's so
1: great yeah so you have this new community of mm-hmm. friends was starting to develop in New Orleans yeah. and you were sharing a little bit about this amazing Community, this whole yeah. living situation is yes, incredible. I got
2: so lucky, y'all.
1: How did you? How <laughs> did you find? How did you find that? So
2: I, um, so I already had some friends and connections. Of course, like the burlesque yeah. community runs deep, and every, it's very tight, and everyone knows everyone. So I already had like friends there. Um, so I'm trying to deepen some relationships there, and that's you know that's slowly but surely it is the big easy. Things move slow, you know. Um,
1: yeah.
2: But I have already reached out and have some really lovely connections there. But then I have a friend here in town, a couple, uh, Jane and Brock, who are just wonderful. And she's a local belly dancer. And she told me when I moved down, oh, you have to meet my cousin, my ex-cousin-in-law, Julianne. And so uh, Jane's cousin was married to Julianne. They are no longer together, but they've maintained a friendship and she said, oh, you guys will just hit it off right away. And so she connected us on Facebook. And so we met for like tacos and margaritas one Sunday, like shortly after I moved to town. She had a scooter. I had a scooter. <laughs> Didn't know that. Both drove up. And she was like, oh, my God, you, like, let's talk about this. And then she told me about her scooter gang, Pussy Envy, oh, and her God. badass like Pussy Envy jackets that she had. And and I immediately liked her. We liked each other right away. And um, But we were just going to be friends. There was no intention of living together mm-hmm. And I was looking for a roommate. I was going to live by myself and I was looking to downsize from my three-story building. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just need a small place for me and Chappie. And then um, the roommate I had lined up fell through. And the day after that happened, and I was a little panicked because I had a very I had a timeline in which I needed to find a space. She said, Oh, you know, I know you already have a roommate, but I'm I'm thinking it's time for me to move out of my place. So it'd be really cool. And I was like, oh my God, you have no idea. Like this is
1: perfect. And she's like, "I knew we met for a reason. <laughs> I knew it
2: was destined in the yeah, stars." Yeah. Amazing. Uh-huh. It's amazing. It's kind
1: of like what you were talking about earlier, Michelle, of mm-hmm. how things when they're supposed to be just naturally flow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oh my yeah. So that's exactly what happened.
2: It was, it was uh, her saying, "Oh, let's do. Do you want to live together?" And it was just sort of this instant. Well, yeah, okay. Duh. I mean, like, <laughs> can you live with you know? It was like as long as you will accept living with my my little guard dog, um, great. And so. The very next day, she found this listing on Craigslist. It had just been listed that day. The owner of the house had moved uh, to the small town a couple hours from New Orleans, and he didn't want to take care of it anymore. And he owned this 125-year-old classic New Orleans mansion. Oh, my gosh. And um, it hadn't been renovated since 1984, so we got it for a bargain and we now live in this massive. You guys purchased it? No, we're renting. Okay, okay. But we're getting it for. Yeah, <laughs> it's a song. ridiculous. Yeah, a song for yeah. sure. He's and, not listening uh, to our podcast, so he's, he's not, not. He's <laughs> not going to realize that he needs to
0: charge you more. Well, and you know,
2: it's funny because he even said, "I know I could get more for it, but I don't care. I don't want to do the renovation. It's too much work for me. He's okay. retired and he's yeah. over it and. He comes into city, to the city once a month, like an old-fashioned—he comes to our door to collect rent once a month, like, wow. and he's a classic New Orleans man. You know, he comes yeah. over, and he just wants to sit down and drink a cup of tea and talk to us about our lives, and I mean, it's hilarious. On the and, porch, on yep. the veranda. Yep. Oh, yes, on the marvelous. veranda. Yeah, it's pretty—it's wonderful, but the place is very old, so we've—but but my my roommate Julianne is this incredibly crafty, ingenious woman. So she's just constantly in there with a cock on, and her you know her mom comes over, and they're constantly repairing things and it is a beautiful place, and we have this you know big backyard, and we, have you fallen in love? Have you fallen in love with it like you did your building? It's in a different way, but okay. yes. oh God, I love it. There's yeah. stained glass and three fireplaces and three mm-hmm. bars mm-hmm. And we have, mm, wow. my dream was always to have a kitchen that was like big and open with, I yeah. wanted a, I wanted a bar yeah. so that I could cook and people could sit at the bar and drink cocktails mm-hmm. while I cook. And I have that now. Oh my So gosh. it is, it's really special. And I'm going to be hosting some women's retreats in my new space I was just April. gonna say, I,
1: I, I can see this kind of special collective of women coming yes, in stay tuned. special events and yes. yeah. be, be sure to keep, keep yeah. us informed we of have those. an oil
2: painter who rents our front room and she paints these beautiful paintings and it's just it's magical oh my so gosh. in April I'm gonna be hosting a, a recharge your kind of like recharge your spirit retreat and we're gonna yeah. I'm gonna be organizing all kinds of um Fabulous events. We're gonna go do second line parades for the quarter, nice. and have fancy dinners, and drink cocktails in my house, and oh, fabulous! Do yoga in my living wow. room. Wow, we and
1: might have to have a literally speaking podcast recording happening. Yeah, all oh, during be perfect.
2: this. perfect. Pussy uh, Envy game. Yes. that would
0: be abs- I I have a scooter too.
2: <gasps> you would be a part of it, so I could be ha- like. Do and you happen a- to be a divorcee? I am divorced. That's the, <laughs> that is actually the requirement. I'm not part of Pussy Envy, but I'm on the uh, auxiliary because I've never been divorced, and it's a divorcee. Uh, a scooter scooter gang, So they would probably accept you with open arms. And they arms. probably would like my podcast name. They would they love it. Oh, yeah. They would love it. Um, well, but you said you also have like a German person living with you? Yes. Or, like, so there's this wonderful German artist named Ben who lives in the uh, this little cottage in our backyard. And he's a lovely man. And um, he's actually been so wonderful because he helps us with little projects around the house. And he also feeds a feral cat colony. So we have like 12... Cats that live in the backyard and he feeds them like chickens like he comes out with the feed and just like scatters it in the yard and all these cats live there and he built with you know he built his uh, this little cat house Mm -hmm. so that they have shelter in the winter and it's adorable and chappy. Mm -hmm. Coexists peacefully with them, and I think he likes it because he's got friends in the backyard. Do you have a
1: picture? We might we might have to share a. Oh picture yeah, I have pictures. That. I can.
2: Yeah. So I have
1: like one.
0: I have another philosophical question for you. Sure. Because this is obviously how this Spanish wine makes mm-hmm. me makes, yes. me, makes me think very very deep and philosophically. Mm-hmm. You have created this community. You created a community in St. Louis with the burlesque, um, obviously. And it has grown, and we have benefited from it tremendously. Oh, that's really nice. And now you're in, now you're in New Orleans, and you're you know continuing to expand who you are, Lowell Ella, You know you have name recognition beyond beyond the the our own yeah, you're a our, brand, our own oh, borders yeah. right, <laughs> right. A known, a known brand. Do you find, and this is my this is my question, that you have you have cr- you've created and you've opened yourself up to artists regardless of painter, musician uh, seamstress, whatever it is yeah, and medium. Then, so so because you' you're open to all of that you are now attracting everything out you know they're coming to you and then that then that um, elevates like your own life experience even greater than if you were just the girl, the accountant who burlesqued at night.
2: You know, I, sure. Yeah, I mean, I I really believe that you you have to it's a garden again, I love metaphor. You know, you have to tend to your garden like the the things that you want to yeah. grow, you know, you have to sort of manifest those things and I um I truly believe that like attracts like yeah. and that yeah. do you are yeah, it's it's so real and that you are you absolutely are in charge of your, you know, de- it's manifest destiny. But I also believe in, you know, things happen for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe very, very ferociously that, um, you know, time, like there's no such thing as bad timing. Like even like the worst things that happen to you, like there's lessons in everything, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and if we if we use the, the gift of perspective, right, which I think perspective is our greatest gift in yeah. life. You know, like vulnerability is our greatest strength. I think perspective is the greatest gift that we have. You're able to sort of, you're able to attract the things that you want because you're able to go, okay, so this is terrible. This really sucks. Like, this is a terrible situation <laughs> that I'm in. But, like, what is the lesson in this? Yeah. Once I get off the floor and, you know, stop crying for days or, you yeah. know, feeling horrible about myself. Um, because there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, we have to, we like, have to feel go our feelings. It. You have
0: to go through it. Uh, once we get
2: through that. Then, then the gift of perspective kicks in, and you're like, okay, what was, what's like the lesson here? Like, what can I learn from this? And when we're able to sort of see that ahead of us, that's when we can we can manifest the things that we want. Yeah. And so, I never imagined that I would have this incredible community, but oh my God, I I am genuinely so humbled by it and grateful because, um, I really feel, I, without sounding cheesy or like a little too eat pray love here, I. Uh, which not, that's a great book and everything. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not, I jokingly, We're not. We're not. No disrespect. There. I, yeah, no disrespect. My, my best friend G's Louise always like jokingly calls me because I write these like you know very deep like journalistic uh, things on like Facebook and Instagram, and she like calls me like Eat Pray Strip all the time. She's like Oh, Eat pray, Strip. Like Oh, Lola's on fantastic. her Eat Pray Strip journey. Uh, <laughs> but you know, without getting too like you know cheesy or cliche, I I genuinely believe that um, we we open ourselves up when we when we. When we want the things that we want, when we manifest the things, when we put into the world, you, you know, you get what yeah, you give, absolutely, right? Absolutely. And I never could have imagined this community that is around me, but I am truly humbled and grateful. I am constantly being reminded by the people around me that I am so lucky because they tell me all the time how happy they are to be a part of this community and you know, you, it is, it does take a village. It truly yeah. takes a village. And I am so amazed that they want to be a part of my village. I, you know, every time I get like really overwhelmed, I feel like I'm asking too much. They're like, no, this is, we, we want you to ask us for help. Yeah. We're like, we're waiting for you to tell us what you need. And we, we all take care of each other. You know, they're, I'm trying to be there for them and they are always there for me. It is, it is Amazing. It is such a gift. Well it is it's absolutely
0: wonderful to hear it. And I I think for our listeners who are who are putting things out there into the universe for themselves, you know, if they if they just continue continue going on the path, continue believing in yourself and, Mm -hmm. and manifesting your dream. I mean, I joke with I joke with people before, you know, Emily and I would start this podcast because I I ventured to say, "Hey, mm-hmm. I want to do a podcast," and she jumped on it. And here we are; we made it a reality, and mm-hmm. and I know we sit back and overwhelmed with our own little, you know, clitterati. Yeah, clitorati. Our, yeah <laughs> that's right. <laughs> our, yeah. our, our yes. community that's growing from this, mm-hmm. and you know, we can. We hope for the best. We want to be successful. Everybody mm, does, of course. But you never, you never know how amazing it is to see, to see things transpire yes, and, and getting you, outside of yourself and you and and to be vulnerable you know and yeah. and we're vulnerable here on the show our guests are vulnerable you've been vulnerable um mm-hmm. but our voices are stronger because of it
2: yeah absolutely it's it's lifting lifting others up you know we talk about in comedy it's called punching up right you never you always want to lift others up right yeah, you want right. to like we want to uh elevate everyone and burlesque really should be about that about Im- uh, elevating other people and and uh, lifting our sisters, our brothers, everybody up you know that and was our honor. well and and maybe it's not necessarily the burlesque is that maybe
0: it's been you've been that way and I've been that way and others we've been that way our whole lives, and mm, we've found yeah. the art form to sure. make it happen they
2: complement each other, you know yeah cause um, it, it's, Because it's just burlesque like didn't
0: make you the way you are no, you have always had that inside you well.
2: Tr- you know, you know it's it's so important to to try to be a little bit better than you were the day before. You know, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I, so, I'm like
0: I, I so can't I, wait to go down to New Orleans and visit. I know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Stay
2: I, in the, the Burt Reynolds suite. We like, <laughs> have this amazing wood panel dream. Do you have? Do you have like just
0: allow people a little moment in time to grieve his his passing? Oh gosh, you yes. Know, it's of like,
2: course, to take a little it's moment, named after him for a then, reason, and <laughs> then uh, yeah. then enjoy all that was Burt yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. You know?
1: So, talking about manifesting realities for ourselves, um, and we are in a new year now. Yeah. Uh, I know Michelle and I, we've been talking about creating like a vision board for what we want out of this year for ourselves. And we still need to do this. We have to get to Walgreens and buy the poster board. (laughs) And when we do that, then we're
0: one step closer to our vision board. That's right. It's all all of our priorities. (laughs) Yeah. Stop at the wine merchant for wine Uh or Walgreens for the vision board. I mean,
2: yeah, wine's uh, going for sure. I think
1: I, I, if Walgreens could be next to the wine merchant, we'd be set. Yeah. Of, <laughs> but I think we what it. we should do is when we finally do them, we'll share. Yeah, we'll with share. Everyone. And I wanna open it up to our community, our clitorati out there. You know, share your vision for 2019 with us. And as a community, let's lift each other and support each other in what it is that we want. If there's anything we can do to help each other. Um, yeah, Make you know, it with happen. these with these goals, let's yeah, let's be there for
2: each other. I yeah. think it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, my one of my my stage manager, Mama Megan, she's just incredible. She's sort of been like my personal assistant. Um, she jokingly we we refer to like they call them the minions, you know, mm-hmm. but she calls herself the mignon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's just wonderful. wonderful. And she's been with me for years, and she started a Facebook group called It Takes a Village, y'all, and she's been. Uh, she spearheaded this thing because I, when it was time for me to move and everybody, I mean, people flocked to help. It was, I mean, I was crying like every day. It's mm-hmm. like I couldn't believe, you know, the support. And it was so humbling and overwhelming. But it now it's spawned this movement where now everybody else asks for help. That's hey, right. I need to move this piece of furniture. Hey, I'm having, I'm struggling with, a, you know, a, 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 everything from a breakup. To, you know, I need a lawyer for a divorce or or I'm in a dangerous situation or I need help moving some furniture or, or can somebody hang these yes, pictures for me? <laughs> yes, I'm sad. I just need someone to come over and drink a glass of wine with me and tell me that that's everything's so nice. gonna be okay. And that now we, yeah, it's it really has paid it forward. It's spawned this sort of movement. And it's just yeah, it's really lovely.
0: It's really nice when we all start to take care of each other and mm-hmm. really care about each other. Yeah, especially it's really beautiful. now
2: more than ever, you know, I mean yeah. we, we need to take care of each other. I continue to. Thank well, you. Lola, uh
0: we want you to plug your event that's happening. The same day this this episode
2: drops. Yeah. Um here in St. Louis. Yes. Is, yeah, it's called the Shimmy Showdown Weekender. It is its ninth annual. So uh it's this hilarious. Um, it was sort of my answer to the classic burlesque sort of competitions, pageants. This is a complete opposite of that. It's a uh-huh. comedic improv deathmatch, burlesque, uh burlesque of burlesque is what I call it. You okay. know, sort of parodying what burlesque is and um it is a, people look forward to it all year. It's hilarious. And so that is, um, on the 18th, and then on the 19th, it's the the Night of Stars. It's this beautiful show with all of the performers' signature acts. And so on the 18th, that is at Foo bar, And then across, basically across the street from that, is the Fax and Speakeasy. Right. Okay. And so it's at the, ro- the Rowdy That's Rock and Roll place. Bar the first night. And then the second night, it's at a beautiful uh, yeah. speake- or Speakeasy. And then it's, we're using the entire building. So we're Wonderful. taking
1: over the whole place
2: on the 19th. Gorgeous so, glam. Fabulous. So, for those of you that would not even,
0: even like, you're completely shocked and enthralled by what we have here in St. Louis this weekend. There's nothing but burlesque this downtown. is the
2: show to see. It is especially I mean both nights are amazing and they they're both completely, completely different. Mm-hmm. I recommend getting a weekend pass, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh but the, it's not too late. Yeah, no, it's definitely not too late. <laughs> yeah. Uh tickets actually just went on sale about a week ago. So well, when is bro- uh, airs, yeah it won't be it probably won't be sold out if okay. they show up at the door. But okay. um it's it's a it's a magical time.
0: Okay. It's maybe if they time. tell you they heard it on Clearly speaking, you might we find a another little, spot for yeah, them. We'll find a
1: spot for Fantastic. them. Fantastic! So I have one final request before we wrap this up. Unless you okay, have no, another question, no, no, no. Go ahead. My request is: when we're done, can I know that you had a burlesque school? Can you teach Michelle and I a? One one yes, one trick for the trade. <laughs> of course. And and then we'll keep it we'll keep our video running for the YouTube channel. So for our listeners who are interested and in serving can I tell you too that I have to of course give a shout
2: out because Ellis Studios closed but the torch was passed and so there is the St. Louis School of Burlesque and Variety. Okay. So uh, that still exists It's at stlburlesque.com so there, okay. and, I, and I come and teach workshops still. Okay.
1: So there are workshops you and uh, we
2: accept and encourage everybody all bodies every yeah. human to come and learn the art of burlesque. But yes, Fantastic. I would love oh Okay, great. I would love to show you something. crazy. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Sam, yeah. what are you in yes. for? What are you in so, for? So, yeah. Oh my so gosh. So well, anyway. for those of you who like to actually see the um, see our recordings there are wonderful little snippets when we take breaks the show doesn't stop we keep talking so you can get those little extras and then of course you can see Michelle and I shimmy so yes. there we go absolutely <laughs> wonderful yes and thank you again for listening to us today follow us on all of our socials
0: uh, visit yeah. us at our website Yeah. email us uh we have a comment line. We have line. a comment line, and I, yet, <laughs> and I have yet to memorize the <laughs> number. But hope,
1: and we'll we, we will we'll make sure <laughs> we will that post it's it. yeah. we, Well, it'll be
0: running at the end of this video, and it'll be in our show notes. So check all that out. Tell your friends, like us, five star us like we are your Uber driver, and um, yeah. share it. Tell people about it. Follow us on all of the places that we are out there podcast land. Thanks for being a
1: part of our village. All right. Good Thank, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> bye bye. So- yeah.